welcome to Who Needs Heroes. This is Nova, and this is the review of Abaddon, a card-based tactical TTRPG by Lost Haven Games. In this session, we had me, Trevor, we had John, Austin, and Gello playing inside of it. I, myself, ran the game. And this is just the quick start for Abaddon, is what we're playtesting. Instead of usually the actual playbook itself, we're trying to help by playing the quick start so that way you can go out with the Kickstarter when the game is coming out uh, for all people just hopping to the game for the first time because, you know, card game TTRPGs aren't super common. So one of the first things we can get into with this quick starter is how the quick starter is actually presented to people trying to read it. How do you think that this was formatted? How easily was it to digest the information? I haven't read a lot of quick starts, so... This was interesting to see from a new perspective, to see how much information I could actually get from it. What did you think about it? Well, I will say I did read a quick start before this, and it was for a game that we turned down because the quick start did not have enough information in it. Um, this one had significantly more, which is why we did not turn it down. Uh, that being said, while most of it was very well formatted for the player's side at least, uh, there were a couple of things that were missing uh, with the game. Yeah, there was still a few things left out, such as movement numbers not being given, saying how far you can move and around, but it mentions that you can move your movement total. Um, it also does show negative damage on suit successes from enemy attacks, uh, and it's explained once that it has a two-card base that you flip and use during the game. Uh, but... Looking at it from a quick start perspective, it's still really hard to piece together that information the first time looking because all of it is so brand new, like using cards, using suits, matching your card base, having them stack. It's a it's brand new to me uh, and coming into it from fresh eyes, seeing the table on stat blocks like you would have for other games. It was a little confusing that that was only explained once, but I mean, how how many times should it explain it? So you have to you have to read it a few times to really get it. And one thing that we did in the game that we shouldn't have done that they fixed the wording of is that we didn't know that conditions can't stack with themselves. It, the question kind of came up and we asked it, but we figured we'd go along with what we knew. So just assume that it stacked, but they will fix that in the future released version yeah it was one of those situations where you guys as players asked me can i do this and i had and no you didn't want to say no i, I had, asked with my yeah, little puppy dog eyes yeah i had no idea and so i said <laughs> give me a moment and i checked the rule book and i put snacks on the table and said i'm gonna be doing this hang on let me look and i found nothing that had anything to do with it and yeah later on asking that was in the full playbook condition stacking with bleed specifically, but since it wasn't in the quick start, we're we're playing as is. We're playing as it shows, so that way we can bring it up to make sure that other people don't have the same experience we had. Yeah, we try to bring up as many questions as we can before we play the game, but sometimes things will happen like that. With the f actual formatting, it, a lot of the all of the characters had pictures, images. I liked the art style, honestly. It was pretty good. Oh, it was, it was gorgeous. It was good. I loved it. I loved how it looked. I loved the layout of the pages. My only complaint, which if you have a physical book, not an issue. If you're printing the PDF to give to players, sometimes half of one character is on another page and then one is on the other. Um, that is a formatting issue, I guess you could say. 
But if you had the book in front of you, that's not going to be a problem at all. And I think I think the book was really well designed. The the font, the text, the color, the spacing, everything was magnificent. But with the view on how it physically looks of the Quick Start playbook itself, how did you feel about the setting that resided inside of it? Yeah, it was very um like is it is it weird that it gives me like a sort of swords and sandals meets Diablo vibe? No, I I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's right. And I like it. Um I like it a lot. It's not my main cup of tea, but I definitely enjoyed getting at like that dark art fantasy kind of you know, grimier stuff. There wasn't too much in the way of lore because it is just a quick start. They don't have, you know, pages upon pages to read. In that same vein, talking about the system and character creation, we didn't get to really explore what flexibility you have with creating characters. Although the characters that we did play were two characters essentially played with the same class and they did feel vastly different. Yeah, so. they they did a really good job with setting up characters for you to pick from and play with. So we didn't get to see how it is to create a character, but with the pre-gen characters, it seems very in-depth. It gives you a little bit of a backstory. The artwork with them is, is fantastic. And they definitely reach different play styles within the same class, as you said. We had one hexing that was about just self-sacrificing HP to do more damage. And then we had another that was like a necromancer. So it was pretty cool. I had a fantastic time during combat, but I felt like a, a couple of other people were having uh, some struggles at some points. The main thing that I remember happening was John's character, John's Hexling, in that his main form of damage was a knife that dealt one damage unless you got, you know, like a mega crit on it. And with the quick start, the enemies had one armor. So he, unless he got a suit success, he couldn't do damage, but he had minions. So I guess it's balanced. It never feels good to have like, hey, here's my, you know, once per long rest ability. I spent it. All right. I literally can't do anything now. I think if it was more balanced around, again, I think the characters were level two in the game, level three, maybe. So it could get better later on. I think the issue is that the play style plays like a far ranged character while getting benefits from playing up close, but none of the weapons you actually use up close are going to benefit from that. It's like, I think the explanation of how you should play is I have my minions up close and I stand distant. Yeah. And with that distance stuff, the, um, some of that was a little confusing. Like, how far can you move in regards to changing your distance to people? I never really had to deal with that because I just stayed in the back. But like, if I wanted to get up and close and personal, and if my front line went down, how do the enemies get to me? And does that mean I'm suddenly close now instead of distant? And now I get a different bonus? It definitely has a different twist compared to other games which use grid-based systems with like five feet three meters blah 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 moving all around this has three different zones which is close distant and the enemy's distant so one in the middle and two on both sides and it's like if you want to move from 
the close, which is basically melee range. You can say it's the melee zone and the archer zone, I guess is a good way to put it. If you want to move from the mid-range zone, the melee zone, to the distant zone, anyone around you, instead of attack of opportunities, instead of like trying to move and outclass and get away from them, they just automatically follow you. So you could theoretically chain enemies into their own backline and separate them from your own teammate that is sniping from the distant area. You have to imagine this game as three different layers of a ham sandwich and all melee people are the cheese and all archers are the bread, which makes combat a little less strict and more dynamic. If your characters are creative and your players are creative and good at describing things, it's, 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 it's really fun because you can just kind of let things flow. But if people are new to games, it's a little bit hard to have them strategically play out where they're moving around, at least with how movement's described in the quick start. Yeah, but I did like how easy it felt to hit because you drew your cards and it's like, okay, it's not do I hit or not rolling a dice five times and fail five times. It's I have these cards, I can add them up to 13 to get one hit, two hits, three hits, four hits. Um, how many times did I attack? I think I attacked six times in a round once. Six or seven. Um, yeah. <laughs> that might have been your character too with the bonuses from distant because I know there was a round that I believe Austin didn't get to hit. Yeah, I was power gaming the ever-loving hell out of that character. <laughs> it was really set up for you to just maul them. This encounter was good for you if you have two frontliners. Uh, so I think it, I think it worked out. Um, we got good draws as well. He just got to draw more cards than normal. So instead of going for, yeah, like you said, do I hit? It's more how many times do I hit? And at what varying successive degrees do I hit? Which I think feels really good as a player. I ran the game, so I didn't get to witness it firsthand. But it seems to be more of how big of numbers can I make hit over and over again instead of, oh, man, I do nothing this round. So I think that's really good, actually. I liked it a lot. Uh, speaking of uh, those those stat blocks, how uh, how were they to read? How like how many were there actually? There were actually a surprising amount of stat blocks. They had it separated under undead and different categories of people. It was actually very easy to follow along based on what segment of the quick start you're on. You know what enemies you have, and they're all layered very close and neatly together. It's pretty easy to read. The only issue I had with it was when doing the stat block, of course, was the damage numbers hitting negatives and knowing, hey, I get it's a negative. You doing negative damage probably or it doing negative damage probably doesn't heal you. But I would rather it say zero instead of negative two. But that that could have to deal with modifiers and extra bonuses and higher level stuff. So I'm not too sure outside of the quick start. But I do know that with conditions such as stacking and bleed, some of the stat blocks mentioned abilities that would happen if the enemy missed. And the enemy from the stat blocks point of view was the player characters. And there is not a chance a player character <laughs> misses. So there is a whole part of a stat block that cannot be used. That was an integral part of that care of the, of the enemy, which also happened to be bleed damage. The enemy could not do bleed damage because nobody would miss and nobody could not get hit or block it or counter it. You couldn't retaliate, per se. It, it almost feels like letting the players have fun always hitting takes away an avenue of 
having them miss and enemies doing things, which I think is fine. You just can't go for that approach if you're letting the player characters always hit. Yeah, or if you're going for that approach, it's a massive boss monster that will screw up people's hands or something like that. And That would be cool. That would be really cool. All that being said, uh, some of our recommended changes. We've already talked about how they're putting in a little bit more clarification for some of the rules. I would say one of the recommended changes I would have regarding this quick start in particular, since that's kind of what we're basing off of, is that the players have the ability, which I love, to avoid two-thirds of the entire quick start and also happen to miss a a secret one-fourth that they're not aware of. So you could walk inside this place and then encounter the in-game immediately, which uh, our players did. If you're wanting to include those out of combat, those different scenarios that let the player see what skill checks do, what encounters are like, what talking is like in the game, as a quick start should let you see all of it, I don't think you should shy away from making it more linear because giving them the choice made them pick. And if they're going to pick, you can't block them out of it because in this specific one, and of course, this is spoilers, I hope you're not listening to this before our gameplay. And if you are, uh, you could probably skip about 30 seconds or so. Uh, I'll wrap it up you. quick. But if, <laughs> yes, shame. But <laughs> if you walk in and you hear the cult, which you hear at the same time as you hear somebody shouting, and you walk to the cult, once you start the fight, you do the fight. And after the fight, the roof caves in. And after the roof caves in, you leave. There's no reason to go back. And even if you wanted to go back, it specifically states that when you come back, that NPC you could have saved will have drowned. Or, yeah, will, would have drowned. It's like a, a red, bloody water thing. So It's like accidentally speedrunning Breath of the Wild because all you see on the horizon is Ganon in the distance. Which I did my first time. <laughs> and it put me off from the game for a very long time. And I just recently picked it up again. I did do that, and I got mad that I was killed. And I'm stubborn, so I fought him until I eventually did it. And then I didn't, I didn't play the game again, because you know how that ends. <laughs> but, but, but back to this, that's exactly how it felt. It was like Breath of the Wild Ganon speedrun. The player said, hang on, I hear chanting and somebody yelling for help. I want to check this out. And I, I kind of tried to steer them in the, the other direction, but it specifically said they could pick where they want to go. So I didn't want to limit that. I think for a quick start, don't be afraid to make that linear. Force them in one choke after the next. Let them do combat, which is the zombies on the beach. Let them go in and see the NPC that's drowning. Let them try to do the skill checks to jump across and save him. And then he gives them information. And then let them see the hidden room that heals. And then see the body hung up on the wall that's been crucified with a note underneath of it. And then go into the cultist room. Our players saw none of that. <laughs> or if you're going to be absolutely stalwart about not being linear, don't make... At least make it so that you can't get to the boss room first without them knowing that they're going to the boss room first and trying to do that. Yeah, exactly. Which I think it's cool. You can go and the fight's the same, so it doesn't matter. You can you can beat the boss early. Uh, maybe that's because of the bleed condition. But you do miss out on a lot, and our playthrough was cut short, and they didn't get to see how the skill checks actually encountered and a quick start, I think, is trying to get somebody to see what your game's about so they get hooked on it. 
And there was nothing about it that hooked you into the game, just combat and then combat and then game's over. So with that other recommended changes I would have, uh, personally, uh, we have the linear, we have uh, some small clarity rules from the playbook, putting in such as movement, condition stacking, enemy following instead of AOO, things like that. We sent to the developer and they explained it. Um, so th that's going to be added to the quick start. That shouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, other changes, in my personal opinion, I don't like how many cards you get. Drawing 10, 10 times or more <laughs> is very insane and is very cool, but you shouldn't be doing that at level 2 and level 3, and you shouldn't be able to do 5, 6, 7 attacks that early. I think it's awesome, and it hooked one player in. But then the other two players got to say, yeah, I do one damage. Oh, it's negated. Oh, I summon zombies. Okay, cool. And then he's like, I do five damage. And everything's dead. And it's cool for one game. It might just be an imbalancing with one specific person that he picked. So it, it could not be on the fault of the game. It could be just a balance issue with one. I would want that fixed. I also think that stat blocks for enemies should be separated a little bit more instead of the classification they use, which is saying undead. In this quick start, it's okay because you have the zombies in the beginning and stuff like that. The one issue I did have is skeletons in the final boss fight. One, one of our players had it and the boss could do it. And the issue is that the skeletons are in the same stat block as the zombies from the beginning. So I would have to scroll all the way up to the see the stat block of the skeletons to use it and scroll all the way back down to the cult encounter to see the cultist stat block. So I was going up and down and I opened two tabs to see it. Instead of it just being in like a stat block section. Yeah, so most of the stat blocks are in really good spots. I said that earlier that they were really well organized. There was only one specific thing and that was skeletons because you don't see skeletons on the beach. You see skeletons at the end. So maybe dodge the undead classification and just move skeletons and do it by block. Because he labels it like one, two, three, four, five, like sections. So just put it put it with where the players are at. It'd make it a little bit easier for the person running the game to do. I also think that they could either stick with movement being loose or add more clarity on movement. Enemies getting free movement when a player moves a zone feels really bad because if if an enemy's turn a zombie runs at you, uses all of their movement to swarm you, and then you run away, that zombie gets free movement speed. That zombie can double its movement speed in one turn and also attack because you're walking away. It just discourages dynamic movement during combat, and I think that doesn't feel good as a player. We didn't encounter it too much because we didn't move around. We had two melee people and then one just sniping the fuck out of everybody. But... If you have people trying to be dynamic, trying to interact with the terrain, trying to be expressive, it's going to feel bad. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed the, the actual uniqueness of a card-based system and the fun things that it had with that. That being said, the things that it gave, not very flexible. It is very, very stuck in that Diablo-esque theme, so you can't really run it in like a lighthearted high fantasy as much. That is just for the quick starter. We did see other things about other lands that might not be so Diablo, but this is just about the quick starter and the quick starter is very one dimensional. Every, everything I saw in that book was so Diablo. Yes. Um, you couldn't play an Australian wombat boomerang whacker. Yeah. The replayability is also a low point for me just because I 
didn't get to see any cool uh, character generation stuff. I like to make my own characters. I hate doing pre-gen because I don't get to see any of the uh, any of the custom character stuff. Uh, the characters that were there were kind of all right. I kind of like looked through them. I none of them really caught my eye except for the one I played. It's almost not fair to the system as a whole because this is about the quick start. So the usual rubric that we have doesn't match exactly. I don't think you can play the quick start too many times back to back. That's not what it's there for. But the characters they do present make me a little wary of character creation. And that if I want to play something that's not the grim, dark, dark fantasy Diablo-esque style, then maybe it's not going to be in this system. But that's something that you would see in the full release, so. Yeah, there's also no way of knowing if there's just two ways to build a character because there were two builds of every class, which is nice to have two very different builds, but uh, how do I know that's not it? I did like the theme, though. I think it was a good twist. A lot of people want to try to hit that darker style of fantasy games because so many high fantasy is out and they don't quite reach the mark. They either go way too dark or... They add too many fantastical elements. I think this did a good job of being that like creepy, blood-filled, dark fantasy game. I keep saying that. It's the only tag I can think of. I think they did a pretty good job of it, and I, I enjoyed it from our normal games that we do play. With all that being said, I know I said I was... I, I know I was saying the praises while Trevor put it down, but I'm giving this an average score of a 5 just because... Again, the abilities that I did see were very, very samey. It doesn't feel like I can play that character for very long without falling into a gameplay loop that is repetitive, essentially. And I try to give it some slack because it is the quick starter. This is, uh, again, the quick starter, not the full game. Um, and after some fixes, I think running it will be a lot easier. It is. It was a little hard for me as the bait weaver trying to bring this all together with some information lacking, but that's what we do here. And we're here early to help give questions so they know what is missing. So it was a little rough on my part. I think fine tune a little bit tweak here and there, and then everything alleviated, the game would be a lot better to run. And the quick start would be really fun, especially leading into a module or a campaign book, bringing you off the shipwreck into the mainland Island and continuing on would be cool if the quick start could have character creation. But with everything presented to me, I did give it a 3.5. Yep. <laughs> that sounds about right. But with the, with the full release of the game, I'd be actually welcome to take a look at it and see if, because, you know, it is, it is a subsect of fantasy. If I would like to run it just in case I'm, you know, out in the middle of the woods somewhere and we don't have dice, but we do have a deck of cards. Yeah, I think this would be a really good game at night in the woods, camping and having a fire and all that stuff. It, it, the playing cards make it easily accessible. Maybe the stat blocks and stuff, but you could kind of wing it. I I like the way it's set up. It's pretty good. It's fun. You always hit. You do a bunch of damage. You do cool shit. Uh, I like it more than the 3.5 represents. That's low because <laughs> we are comparing it to other games that yes. are fully released. So it's not to this game doing a quick start it's a different branch and we almost need something different for it 
but I do, I would be fine revisiting on release and then giving it a different opinion at the time. But anyways, that's our review of Abaddon. Uh, we'd love to see you all again in the next episode and we love you. And if any of you guys have any games and TTRPGs and playtesting phases, go ahead and reach out to us at wnhcontact.gmail.com. Send us your games. We'll talk to it. We won't shit on it too much. And we're going to try to help you build it better. Did you read all? That felt like you read from it. <laughs>